0: Welcome to the Lightning 50 e commerce growth hacking podcast brought to you by Bright Pearl. Want to turn your business into a cash generating machine? You've come to the right place. This bite sized podcast reveals the technology secrets fueling the world's fastest growing online brands. And for our host, we have retail industry expert Caroline Baldwin. She'll be sharing her own wisdom and experience as she interviews high growth e commerce brands to uncover their secret tech tools and tips for success. Let's get started on supercharging your growth. Here's Caroline. Hello, I'm Caroline and welcome to the Lightning 50 e-commerce growth hacking podcast. Today, we're speaking to Nick Coleman, founder and CEO of Snaffling Pig. Nick, welcome to the show. How are you doing? I'm
1: very good. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me.
0: Such a pleasure. So, tell me a little bit about the business today and how e commerce has helped you get to where you are right now. I I hear you were on Dragon's Den. So, go on, give me your elevator pitch.
1: (laughs) It's been three years since I had to do an elevator pitch, and you've completely forgotten it. Muscle memory has has disappeared. Um, So, we uh, make awesome flavored porky snacks. And the reason we do that, is we think life's for living and we should be able to indulge once in a while, and it shouldn 't all be uh, kale and exercise you ninety nine percent of the day you should have an opportunity just to chill out and enjoy yourself and have great conversations with great friends and and so we started Snaffling pig with that with that mission and vision, and it, what a roller coaster it's been you know we we thought it would be a fairly easy journey to sell uh, fried pork snacks and it's been very very interesting as we've gone through you know kind of a the, the COVID era and now coming out the back end into an energy crisis. Um, it's, uh, we're just always ducking and diving, wheeling and dealing and dealing with that kind of a roller coaster of emotion, which is um, which has been very challenging.
0: So these kind of snacks, you've got 30% is D2C and the rest is trade and supermarkets, right? So e-commerce is, is, is a smaller part of your business at the moment. How has that kind of grown since you got started?
1: We're very proud of the fact we're very omni-channel and we started the business six years ago with a vision to kind of de-risk the whole uh, brand. And, and by doing that, we sell to as many people as possible, to as many channels as possible. So we were pretty much the first pork snack in the UK to focus on D2C. We knew that you just couldn't sell a, a typical bag of pork snacks that you'd get in a supermarket online. No one would do that. No one would go to the effort of buying that. So instead, we, create, we made it into a gift. Created something truly unique out of it that was kind of tongue in cheek, a bit funny, uh, and would allow people to kind of go to a very specific website and find a gifting solution for a loved one. So we ended up putting the pork snacks into jars. We ended up comparing that with combining that with um, sauces and beers and ciders and peanuts. And then kind of the creme de la creme of what we do is the pork scratching advent calendar, which you could only buy online for the first couple of years. It got huge amounts of PR and was a wonderful way for us to represent the brand in people's homes. So D2C has been a really important uh, place for us to show new product development, Engage with our customers on a really exciting level, Uh, more one-to-one conversations than you get in a retailer. But it has helped to spread our risk so that when we go through periods of uncertainty like COVID, we were really geared up to deal directly with people rather worrying about the other bits of the supply chain that were outside of our control.
0: See, and that strategy seems to have worked. So you ha- your growth rate for the past year has been 5,000% I've got down in front of me, which just seems absolutely insane numbers. And that's led you to be number 16 in the lightning 50. So how do you think you've managed to achieve such an incredible growth rate?
1: Very, very proud of it. I mean, I... <laughs> I don't think it will continue for years to come, believe me. It will definitely start to peter out. But I think what we've done is we've really focused our, our attention on our, our consumers. We've we tried to segment them in a way that we really understand who is buying from us. We spend a lot of time uh, classifying different kind of different customer types. And then using that data, we've been able to target them a lot more specifically online uh, through things like Google Ads, Facebook, Instagram, and just being able to build that kind of organic um, uh, performance in the in the brand and it's just it has been you know it's been, been in business about six years and we haven't kind of there hasn't been a a moment where it's just suddenly got shot off like a rocket although those figures sound fantastic there's been a lot of work in the background you don't you know Rome wasn't made in a day so we we've laid the foundations and the groundwork to be able to get that kind of performance that we've seen over the last 12 months
0: Interesting. And this is series two of the podcast. In series one, a lot of um, the growth um, our retailers and brands were putting down to COVID. Have you seen a similar trend or has that kind of moved on a bit in the last year?
1: We, we definitely thought COVID, the way people would respond to COVID would continue uh, in terms of deep direct-to-consumer shopping. And it hasn't. It it slowed right down. And I think you can see that just in the share price of, of Shopify. You know, they've they've gone back quite a few a uh, few years. Um so what we found is that we we were in a very good position to take advantage of the, the change in consumer habits during COVID. Now people are going back to bricks and mortar. It's important that we continue to build that part of our business as well. And we start to offer people something a little bit different with, with direct-to-consumer because you know the, a lot of the growth that came from was kind of more of the commodity items, the, the run-of-the-mill, the standard products that you'd find on d 2 c Whereas now with the cost-of-living crisis, and specifically we're about kind of gifting, it might be that the kind of products that we offer are probably a little bit too high value for them. And actually we need to kind of go back and look at what is our average basket and how can we drive more value for our consumers so it warrants them coming to our website. And it's a different, it's a totally different phase that we're now entering, and it's really important that we we evolve the business. We can't we can't just rest on our laurels and think we you know we smashed it in COVID. We'll continue to do the Mm. same because it's the, the, the 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 kind of market is changing again.
0: Have you looked into other avenues like subscription services and things like that? Does that kind of thing work for you? We
1: we have. And um, it, it's difficult to try and sell scratchings, pork scratchings to someone every single month uh, for years on end. So we, we know that we are not a, if we're a subscription service, we're very much a gifting subscription service. Mm-hmm. There are products out there that kind of health related or um, household items that generally make sense to be an ongoing subscription. Uh, so it is important that we kind of look at, look at that. But we have to kind of, again, kind of tailor the kind of products that we're selling in subscriptions so that it becomes a little bit more can become a bit more routine for people and and some of our products could be a little bit seen as a little bit more expensive to just always be given as a as a gift so we have to uh, pick and choose our moments of subscription and that's why we do things like a three-month subscription for your dad at father's day um, or a six-month subscription at christmas but the ongoing kind of monthly by month um, subscription a little bit a little bit tougher and and as a side point in the beginning of covid Um, My business partner and I, we actually set up a a logistics business where we help other food and drink brands uh, sell direct-to-consumer as well. So we kind of are able to see there's a general trend across the industry that direct-to-consumer, although it has grown over the last couple of years, has definitely slowed down. In terms of that growth in the last twelve
0: months, I see very sensible approach. So, can you give us a little taster of how any of those year-on-year uh, growth rates are are transferring into revenue numbers? Is there a little stat you could give us, maybe as um, a little as a um, little idea? Yeah, I have nothing to hide. Don't worry.
1: Uh, so, yeah, so our performance on uh, direct consumer last year was about three million. Uh, With three million pounds, um, which considering that overall port scratching market is worth about 28 million, we're we're really proud of that. Uh, we know that there's um, there'll there'll come a ceiling for what you can sell as snaffling pig port scratchings online, which is why we now launched. uh, We launched a a barbecue, um, so it's like a a ceramic Komodo barbecue which retails for a thousand pounds. Uh, and we start to sell other merchandise like beer bottle openers, uh, we do um, flippers, burger flippers, barbecue tongs, and just to kind of take the brand outside of just pork snacks but kind of look at all other areas where people could be involved in food and it is it's a complementary product to um to what what our core is really
0: Fantastic. So, you've talked about some of the challenges that you're kind of facing at the moment going into the cost of living crisis and how that might be tricky for you. What are some of the challenges you faced over the past year? What have been the the big blockers and the things that have kept you up at night?
1: Oh, this year has been has been uh, interesting, to say the least. I mean, the, the interesting thing about our, our um, industry is that there's actually very few suppliers who uh, are in a part of the supply chain. So, you have, you have the farmer's you have the abattoirs, then you have the, um, the processors uh, who convert the pig skin into the, um, the shanks, the skin shank that we need, mm-hmm. uh, and unfortunately there is only a couple of, like, literally three of those manufacturers in Europe. Uh, one of them burnt down uh, two weeks ago uh, and the other two are uh, unable to access the volume of material needed because, uh, because of the war in Ukraine, uh, there is a lack mm-hmm. of sunflower oil in the industry and the big oil producers are taking pigskin and rendering the fat off the pigskin to create oil and then using that oil. So there's actually very little pigskin in the market. So unfortunately, we're in a position where we just cannot access uh, anywhere near as much raw material as we need. And, you know, I, I have quite a background in procurement. It's part of my um that's my expertise. I know that you shouldn't always have all your eggs in one basket. You should have a very uh, wide supply chain. But unfortunately, in this, this industry, there, there just isn't that. So unfortunately, over the last few uh, months, our factory has had to um, stay shut uh, because there just isn't any, any raw material. But now the raw material is starting to to come through the, mm-hmm. uh, the mix. Uh, but the, the issue we now face is that we basically take pigskin and we fry it to a very high temperature. And in order to do that, use a lot of energy. And what's going on at the moment with energy? It's going sky high. So we're now in a position where uh, the, the, the cost, the cost of the product, is, um, is is shooting through the roof, and we're able to pass on some of that but there is definitely mm-hmm. a ceiling price with what people are willing to pay for yeah. pork snacks so we have to be very careful that um that we, we we know what our limit is and we then diversify our brand into other mm-hmm. other things as well so it's mm-hmm. just another evolution that the brand is going to have to face we are not afraid of of changing like that's that's <laughs> Why small business exists? Because we can we can do things <laughs> quicker than the big guys can, and it's our responsibility to do so.
0: It's just one thing after another. I really really feel for you guys at the moment. Um, but in ter- let's turn to tech. Then has has there been some more positive news on the tech front? Have there been any solutions that you've used that have managed to save you some time, effort, or even cash in t- in other sides of the business instead?
1: A- absolutely. I mean, when we started the business six years ago, it's phenomenal to see the change in tech that's happened but specifically to support small business. Some of the programs that we're using at the moment, uh, which are fairly new, one's called Gorgeous. It's an app that interacts with our Shopify website and enables all the channels of communication to be filtered through Gorgeous, So that you've got Facebook Messenger, Instagram, email, all the different email accounts, uh, text message, WhatsApp, all goes into this system. And then you can prioritize uh, how you uh, communicate back to your customers in a particular order. And means that you don't need to one person checking every single channel, and suddenly, you know, five days later, think, oh, I didn't look at Twitter today. <laughs> like, uh, so it, that has enabled us to actually like, manage our staff a lot better. Yeah. It's enabled us to um, kind of utilise them, uh, and then. Uh, the kind of Shopify for example has just been phenomenal. How that's evolving for us, what that is now offering us has has been fantastic. Um, So we're able to do a lot more, you have that appeal, that appearance of being a much bigger brand than you actually are with Shopify. Mm And one of the biggest investments we've had uh, so far has been our ELP system, which is uh, it's one system to rule them all, so to speak. Uh, it is our account system. It's our CRM system. It's our warehouse management system. And in, in taking the time and money to invest in a, a program that has helped reduce a lot of duplication that we had as a team, gets everyone to see the same data uh, easily, and has enabled us to really understand the profitability by products, by customer, by channel, uh, and drive the performance of our business much harder than we would have done if we hadn't have had access to a system
0: like that. Fantastic. And what new technologies are on the horizon that you're considering to use to support growth going forward?
1: The honest answer to that is actually, I haven't had time to think about that because so much is going on right now, and we generally don't know what is literally about to happen in the next couple of weeks, you know changing prime minister, all of that kind of political uncertainty. I cannot think that far ahead right now. I just have to get through Christmas. And at some point, hopefully, we will get uh, a breather and be able to look more into the future. And there's yeah, there's some incredible things that are happening. You know, metaverse is one. I mean, TikTok, we we, we tried to dab in that. We didn't really understand it. Um, we didn't do it very well. We happened to get millions of views on something, but it didn't actually lead to any actual return on investment. So we just decided to kind of push that aside and worry about it for another year. And I think we just, us as a brand, as a small brand with you know, relatively small, small numbers of people, we just have to really focus on what's actually going to drive money to the, to the till. And, and yeah, I, I just, I, I wish I had the, the bandwidth to think that far into the future.
0: I mean, if I'd asked you this question three years ago, it would be a whole different. But as we've already discussed, it's, um, it, it, we're all fighting fires on all, all fronts at the minute. So maybe next year you'll get a chance in 2023, <laughs> 24 to to look into the future or well, maybe more the near term future. You know, Black Friday, the holiday season's coming along. and um, Are you having a new uh, advent calendar? Is that going to be a key to your holiday sales? And how are you planning to maximise them?
1: We we have. We've got some wonderful new gifting uh, ranges coming out. I'm really excited about that. I mean, this but it's, it's now, what's the 2nd of September, this is when you're, you're actually allowed to talk about Christmas. I get really excited. I mean, I'm a big, I'm, I love Christmas. I'm a big believer of it. Uh, so I, I'm, i it's not quite ready for the music, but imminent. Um, it, so we what we're going to do this year is we're just going to help people just have a bit of fun it's it's so serious and you know i just think it's really important this time of year that we all kind of think about what we're grateful for think about indulging and think about spending time with loved ones and hopefully as a, as a brand we can create some products that do create conversation that do show people that you love them as much as you do uh, and, and will continue to excite and, and um, shock, I guess, people in ways that they never thought they could be done with with pork scratching.
0: <laughs> and um, talking of exciting, you're ranked 16th on the Lightning 50 list of fastest growing brands. Uh, what does this recognition mean to you, the business and your employees? Oh,
1: it's wonderful when you get an opportunity to compete. I think as an entrepreneur, I'm, I love to know how I'm doing against everyone else. And this is, this is an amazing opportunity opportunity to show my team how good they are because they you know i'm nothing without them really and we've got a wonderful wonderful team who are incredibly dedicated incredibly knowledgeable and just work tirelessly day after day just trying to um share the share the goodwill and messages of, of our brand. So you know to to be uh 16, that's top 20, that's absolutely phenomenal. I mean that's,
0: that's 16th and the winner in the UK toys and gifts category. Oh wow. Is incredible as well. <laughs>
1: that's so cool. I mean that's just that's just so that's brilliant. I mean I said the word exciting hundred times today, when not I? But it is it is a great, great achievement and and um i'm very proud of, of the team for, for, for doing that that's um, yeah a lot of, lot of work gone thing. into that
0: <laughs> i'm sure i'm sure it really sounds like it nick thank you so much for sharing your story with our listeners we really enjoyed chatting to you this morning thank you and to our listeners out there thank you so much for tuning in we'll be back with you with another episode very soon